How are you going to kick it off? Are we recording right now? We're recording, dude. Son of a bitch. <laughs> are you nervous about it? No, I just, I just messed up your whole intro. <laughs> no, dude. It's perfect. I don't have any cool, really good um, canned music or anything to play along, you know? I used to do an intro. Maybe I'll do an intro for this one. Maybe I should do the intro right now. Thank you, Patrick, for reminding me that I really should do an intro. So I'm excited to be launching 2019 with this new podcast. And I do need to let you guys know just a little bit about what's going on in this spiritual nomad world. So as I've said before, 2018, we took that off. And whenever I say we, I mean I <laughs> took that off and uh, only posted a few things. That's not going to be the case for 2019. So I have a lot ramping up in 2019 for the Spiritual Nomad podcast. Um, I'm only going to be doing one podcast episode a month right now. Uh, and so Patrick is our first guest for January. I have another guest already recorded for February and some really other ones, uh, other great individuals uh, for the following months. So you're going to want to subscribe. Uh, also, if you like this episode or previous ones, I'd love to have a rating or a review that would really help us. When I say us, I mean me, uh, help me uh, with Spiritual Nomad. In addition, I'm really excited about the YouTube channel and Instagram presence that we have. So I've been doing Instagram for a little bit now. A lot of great content is on there. I post one to two times a day things that have been uh, helping me and my spirituality, and I think they're going to help you as well. So if you want to follow, that's at Spiritual Nomad Podcast on Instagram. Also, Spiritual Nomad on YouTube has a couple videos there right now it's only January but I have ideas I have ideas for about 50 videos over the, the course of 2019 so I'm starting recording those now some of those will be uh, more so just very simple just me talking to the camera some of them are gonna be some creative artistic expressions even some hopefully like documentary even short film styles uh, so a lot of stuff I have planned for YouTube um, and there's a couple things on there right now as an example of what I'm gonna be doing so uh, follow us there and uh, I won't keep you here too long because I know you're really here to listen to Patrick and I just want to thank you though thank you for these past couple years it's almost been two years since I started this project and yes it's been on and off but it's been a great journey so far and I'm really excited to focus in on this avenue uh, going forward um, so if you are in the San Diego area I would love to connect with you if you're not I'd still love to connect with you um, so get in touch with me um, I'd love hearing people's stories uh, and even more so than hearing them or reading them I love meeting you in person and that is something else that I do as well in Oceanside uh, we have a gathering uh, there's a meetup group called life after evangelicalism and it's exploring progressive contemplative uh, mystic Christianity together and so that's a group that meets there meetup.com slash life after evangelicalism if you are in the San Diego area I still would like to hear your story though if uh, this has resonated with you or if you've since left uh, evangelicalism I would love to have your story connect with you and see how your story can help shape this new era of Christianity that we are now walking into so without further ado let's get back into this awesome episode with my good friend Patrick so let's introduce you a little bit yeah. and uh, get jumping into it so Patrick is um, all around awesome dude. This is actually our second time hanging out in person. I was pretty amped to be able to do this in person because I like 
doing things live. I don't know. There's something about flesh and blood. There's something about, there's an energy that happens whenever you're together and talking and looking into people's eyes, you know? As a five, I don't like that. I'm like, like, can we just do it on the phone? Can I just just be away from people? You did ask me like three times to record it. I kept pushing like, if we can find a place, that'd be cool, you know? If there's people around, you're there. (laughs) And I'm a seven, wear, so I have I'm to just wear like, pants. That's just terrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's awesome, dude. I mean, I don't wear pants sometimes That's, either. But you're not wearing pants right now. I'm not actually. And everybody on YouTube's like, yeah. Well, you can't even see. You can't even see. And it's they're true. like tan, they're like, so that could be. They're my, like slightly flesh color. They are. You know, people actually have to look twice whenever I'm walking down the street. But it's our second time hanging yeah. out. And our first time hanging out, we hung out in Solana Beach. I picked out a super uh, little snooty uh, sort of <laughs> bar to hang out at. You yeah, know? <laughs> they had a good IPA. And it was like, you know, I don't know. It, I don't think I felt out of place, but maybe a little. I don't know. It was, it was pretty, you know, culture brewing It was cool, like Solana Beach corporate. Like everybody comes home from their, yes. like their finance jobs. Yep. And has a beer with their buddies. Although I'm an insurance, but you know, whatever. You yeah. are. You don't. <laughs> you don't have the insurance vibe. Everybody looks at me weird whenever I tell them I do like commercial insurance. They're like, "What? You do what? You know?" Because they're all thinking like graphic design or something cool that I wish I had the skills to do. And I'm like, I can just talk to people on the phone and sell them pieces Which is, of paper. Which is really funny because <laughs> I do graphic design and stuff like that. And I look like I should be in insurance. <laughs> no, like, you I don't, could buy insurance dude. from that guy. No. But that guy can't design a website from shit. Right. You know. Dude, I'm a big fan of Squarespace. <laughs> I like Squarespace too, man. I Squarespace like, is easy. I quick. love it. I love it. It's, it's super good. It's the Starbucks of web design. <laughs> Are we back to Starbucks? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm craving coffee, apparently. Me too, man. So, uh, the first time we got together, uh, we somehow we connected on uh, Instagram, I'm sorry, maybe in Facebook. You were doing a, a community sort of-ish. Uh, was that down, were you in, in, uh, in Imperial Beach at the time, or was that in North I Park? was. I lived on an IB. Um, do you have a sound effect for a bomb? Because I think Let's just, do it. it just like went away. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I killed that thing. Um, Tell me, but yeah. I, if you don't mind, because Wander is what it was called, mm-hmm. and that is really where our connection point happened. I don't know yeah. how we became friends on Facebook or whatever. Maybe you bought my friendship through. I'm just kidding. I did. <laughs> I, I mean, I do have to buy friends. It's like high school all over again. Yeah, true. It's how I bought my first prom date. So how it's did how Wander I bought my begin? Wife. I'm just kidding. Did I'm you buy your wife? Not. Well, I'm she's like, Russian. Her name is. Her name is Nordarter. Um, no, I, it, for some reason that was weird. Cause I started this meetup group and it kind of quickly like, like expanded yeah. something substantial. And for some reason I was getting targeted by like progressive pastors around the area. You know, like I was invited to like progressive pastor lunches and I'm like, dude, I'm not one of these people. Yeah. So, and I think in the mix of that, somehow we got connected to. Yeah. So, why do you think they're attracted to you? 
I mean, there's, good looks. there was some language that you were you know? using, I think, that might yeah, have been. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, uh, it looked like a church. It was starting to look like a church. Yeah. Because um, we can get into this too, you but that's my background. We did not have t-shirts. No, I think I might have like mocked up a t-shirt in Photoshop or something, but no. Um, coffee mugs. Coffee mugs. Free gifts for first-time guests. It was all fake. It was a big Ponzi scheme. <laughs> we became friends though, so it's Yeah, fun. yeah. Um, you know, you uh, invested. You're still waiting for your return on it. Yeah. No, no, no. no. So you um, started that out of what? I mean, what, what was some of the things that led to that point? Because you weren't living in San Diego like much before starting No, I, I was living here for about two years, and um, I had just left a church position that I was in. My wife and I were kind of craving friendship and community, and um, at that point, I was really into Rob Bell, Pete Rollins, a bunch of other guys, um, and I was like, wouldn't it be great if, like, I found other people here that also listen to these people. Um, and so I started this thing and a bunch of people came out and um, um, yeah, and that's kind of how, how it started. I, I used meetup.com yeah. as kind of that initial platform to build it. Um, yeah. And so your position at the church though, cause I mean, you were pretty much <clears throat> like wanting to do things, everything in opposite of what, like you were just trying to meet people. Like you really weren't trying to church plant, really. I had no desire. There was no, it was purely selfish yeah. to get friends. No, I mean, <laughs> it, no, it dude, really I was, get it. I, I think there was kind of like this, like kind of this mission to connect people. Um, I was coming from a pretty rough place where I just got my, my teeth kicked in by the church. And so I was craving just a totally different, type of type of community different different type of people um that look nothing like um the church that i just came from and then my previous experience um being in the the church arena you know as well why so why do you think you were wanting and desiring something so different you know what i mean if you feel comfortable talking about something what were some of the things that because i don't know if you know but like a year ago i did a uh, a podcast series called Institutional Exodus, mm -hmm. and it got me in a little bit of hot water, a lot of bit of hot water, and uh, because I'm a church planter, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm talking about, you know, people, the institution that I've come from, and I'm talking about people leaving it for, for these different reasons, and um, really, I feel like uh, in a lot of ways, that's kind of the epidemic that's happening right now, but people mm -hmm. are still kind of seeking a lot of that, but I was leaving something that apparently wasn't working for me, you know? And, you know, for me, it was a lot of, um, I just, I wasn't see, getting any sort of the depth that I was looking for. Uh, a lot of the meaning that I think was projected wasn't mm -hmm. flourishing, you know, in mm -hmm. those circles. Uh, also, it might've been just because like where I grew up was where the church I was on staff was at. So it was like, you know, everybody's kind of complacent, you know, too. So, so why'd you get in trouble? Is it, is it cause I, you were, you were being open about kind of, yeah. Theologically, your head yes. and, soul. and people didn't listen to like the, I don't know, 15 episodes leading up to that point to have an understanding of like yeah. where my mind was at going into it. So they all of a sudden were like, Oh, we heard Luke did a podcast. That's neato. And they clicked on it and they're like, Oh, this is not the guy that was preaching two years ago 
on stage, you know, with four services on the weekend. Honesty you know what I mean? will get your ass in trouble in the church. Right. And yeah. I was wanting, and the podcast started as like an open journal almost, if you will, mm-hmm. and having external processing sessions mm-hmm. with people yeah. of just like going through a lot of this stuff, you know, and even a lot of the podcast episodes from a year and a half ago, they're really raw and not super polished and just how I like it, you know, nice yeah. and punk rock, hardcore, you know, I like, you know, anything with stage yeah. dives and a lot of distortion and yelling, <clears throat> you know, that's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> bleeds into everything. And that's kind of like the podcast. It's very just kind of open and free form like that. Um, but yeah, what it got me into hot water with was just challenging the, the polishness and the kind of facade that the church has created around itself, that it's this like pure, holy, you know, bride, as they say, sort of mm-hmm. thing. That's like the hope for the world. And it's like, well, why is it chewing up and spitting out so many people then? You know what I mean? And, uh, that was it. Like, that's all yeah. you got in trouble for more or less. Yeah. Well, and I, I basically said that Paul like was an idiot and didn't know what he was talking about. Okay. There it is. <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah, you know? people don't like that. Kind of thing. No, dude. People don't like that stuff. <laughs> Especially in the modern church where um, the words of Paul trump the words of Jesus consistently. Right. Yeah. We worship, people worship Jesus, but they listen to Paul. Yeah. Or they misinterpret Paul. Or they look at Jesus through the lens of Paul. Exactly. Yeah. And we, they just skip over the, the Beatitudes. Yep. Uh, and the Sermon on the Mount. Which should be like, the... The beginning and the end. For a letter to specific churches addressing specific reasons in a completely different context from which we're in. We, right. That's a let's get whole into, other conversation. Let's get into some of that because, yeah, yeah. too because, you know, I think yeah, yeah. that stuff's fun to talk about because it's, obviously that may or may not have been, and you can feel free to share about that. Um, were you in a place of coming to those conclusions while you were still on staff at a church? Was that part of your, your leaving of your position and because I know that correct me if I'm wrong too your whole thing was like you had worked in a church since you were a teenager right I mean you were groomed into um yeah church so I, I started like um when I was 16 working in youth group doing stuff from that point forward I was always involved in yeah church related type activities um after school began my full-time work um, within the church. After high school or college? College. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that didn't stop until, uh, what is this, Wednesday? Tuesday? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, like a few months ago, actually. I mean, it, it was like... Really? I, I would say the transition has been a long time. Yeah. Probably about So you include the years. wander thing in that, or no? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I'm still processing what that was and what that time period was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at a very different place now, and I'm at a place that I I have never been. So yeah. I'm, um, and I will probably at a be a very much different place a year from now, which is good because we're supposed to to do that. Right. right. Uh, I don't know if I will be devolving or evolving. Um, uh, but yeah, I, it was. I mean, I left that church in June of last year. Okay, 2017. 2017. Okay. And that was my, then I 
Yeah, and then I spent probably a year having some sort of like existential crisis. Yeah. Um, that I'm finally starting to pull myself out of right now. Yeah. So take me through a little bit of that, if you don't mind. Just and it can be vague if you'd like it to, but with that existential crisis, I experienced it. Yeah. Um, because I had been, and you know, just to set the tone for a little bit, you know, um, for for me for the existential existential crisis was basically like I felt like I was supposed to be pastor. My dad was a senior pastor. Yeah. It was a clear succession for me to do that. I decided I wanted a church plant because I have this, you know, just adventurous sort of being. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I go out to do that and I'm like, but I'm not into this at all, you know? And then you're like, well, what am I going to do? Well, there's nothing else I really want to do. And it's just, it's culminated into this whole thing, you know, but I found myself in a place of like, okay, well, what, what is, who am I? What is this really? Like. Yeah. And like, is there even anything for me in the world to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think confidence was a big theme. I feel like that was probably maybe a theme for you too. It was like, yeah, feeling like I'm not qualified to do anything else. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that was something that the church kind of like subliminally put in your head. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think my shift has been like a five-year process yeah of like ramping down and away from the church um that there was a period where i loved it and i understood ministry and i was on board um and then <clears throat> i stepped away for a bit and i worked at a a bible software company so i was like i had my foot half in and half out mm -hmm. um i was still in the church kind of I was working with Christians and working with people who were making product for the church. Um, but I was not working directly in a church. Yeah. Um, and then I stepped back in and then it just kind of went all to Hades from there. Why do you think that was? Do you think you just had a different paradigm, different perspective or? Um, a lot of things happened. Um, uh, I think stepping away from the church for that period of time, it was about two and a half years, allowed me to like, like objectively see the church. And, and, and even, even though I was still um, creating product for the church, I wasn't on staff, right? And I think during that time, it like kind of woke me up to like, wow, like there's some stuff that I don't miss. Mm -hmm. But I still felt like that's all I was qualified to do. Mm -hmm. That job laid me off um, with like a hundred other people. Whoa. Um, like it's a all big church, us. dude. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you know, this was the software company. Oh, okay. So okay. I was working for a software company in Washington state. They let me and a bunch of other people go. And I, for the first time since I was 18, I was unemployed. Mm. Before that, I was being recruited by churches. Yeah. All over the country. Mm. I was recruited by that software company to come and help them develop product for the church because I was so in that world. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm unemployed. This is, this is going to be pretty simple. And it, and it, and it was. I, was um, I put my like, tweet out to the world and was like, hey, guys, I'm available. You know? Yeah. Um, I, got, I soon had 
uh, interview requests from churches in, in Illinois, Chicago area, Seattle, um, San Diego, Omaha, Nebraska, Ohio. I was flying all over the place yeah. um, interviewing. Um, <clears throat> in fact, um, I was recruited by Saddleback. Really? For the global art, art director position. This position was my dream mm. like six, seven, eight years ago. Like yeah. this is like if I could be a leader, a creative leader at a church like Saddleback or Willow Creek or Hillsong. Yeah. Like I, I will make it. You yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like all I wanted to do was like speak at conferences and write books and be a creative leader, a creative thought leader. Mm-hmm. And here is my chance. And they they flew me in interviewed went really well i was a number one candidate um and i was not excited about it like really not excited about it at all why why was like just the, was the that, chemistry or it what was the th- it was that kind of winding down of this is not what i want anymore mm. and it scared the shit out of me yeah dude because i didn't know what else to do i mean yeah. it was like after doing this for so long and now i'm at a point right now where like i felt like the universe, whatever, gave me this opportunity to sit in front of the marketing director for Saddleback Global. Yeah. And say, they want me as their global art, art director. And for me to go through the motions of just saying what they wanted me to say. Yeah. Um, and looking back, it was purely looking out for my family. Mm. Because I wanted a job that could pay the bills that I knew would take care of my wife and daughter. When you have a wife and kid, you know, it changes like everything. 100%. So you're like, my needs, my career objectives take a back seat to how do I secure the best employment possible? Yeah. And for me, I thought that was the church. And so I was like, I'm going to take the best deal. Yeah. The best deal for my wife and family. Um, that deal came here in uh, San Diego, where this church, even though it was a much smaller church, a much older church, a more conservative church, they offered me the same amount of money, plus they offered my wife a full-time teaching position, mm. plus they offered um, uh, childcare, which if you have kids, you know that that's super Dude, expensive. I got two kids. I know. So I was, I was like, I did the math. I was like... It's a church position. Like, I can go into this church church position, fly underneath the radar, design their logo, design their crap, make their videos, um, do whatever they want me to do. And I'll just take the paycheck and I'll live in San Diego and we'll just have a nice life. Sweet deal. Sweet deal, right? <laughs> yeah. But then you get in there and it's just like, this is the first smaller church that I've worked at. Usually the church that I've worked at like 10,000 member plus type churches. Right, right. This church was like 1,000 people. Yeah. 500 on a weekend mm. type thing. Um, it's harder to get unnoticed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. People know who you are, which I was not used to. Right. Um, I don't like that as a, you know, at, you know, as a five. Yeah. I, I like to, I don't really like to be known. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, and then um, it just was horrible. Um, 
they were very conservative. At the time, at the same time, um, there were some world events that were going on that just was the needle in the haystack. Is this the election? The election. <laughs> Let's talk about that, man. So <laughs> I'm more progressive um, theologically, politically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the election brought out the best or, or, or brought out the worst in people, I think. And it, it kind of made people reveal their cards. And that was especially true for people at that church. Mm. And um, for the first time, I just, I really saw what these pastors, these Christian leaders were about, you know? Um, and it completely grossed me out. Yeah. And I wanted uh, nothing to do with it. Mm. I mean, it was, it was the hardest time in my life um, being in that environment with these people who are supporting things that are that go completely against my values yeah but feeling trapped mm. like financially yeah because my all of my income was being drawn from them yeah my wife's income my income and my daughter it was it was like they were they like sucked me in yeah and yeah. i felt like i was in a cage and i have to and i had to keep my mouth shut it was the, it was the worst. It was the it was I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. Yeah. Um, so, how was that? in like your did that begin like in staff meetings or in just conversations? How did it begin to culminate? Like yes, it was like you know. everything from what the pastor said on the from a, the pulpit to comments and staff meetings to um, I remember this is a horrible story. So the the they did a. a uh, there's a high school like on the church campus um, and they did a panel on race for the high school students so they invited pastors to come up and have a panel conversation about race hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> this isn't going to go well I was in the control booth they asked me to run the control booth for this so all I had to do was just sit there and babysit a soundboard yeah whatever but it was the most gut-wrenching time that i've ever experienced and i wanted to go in the bathroom and throw up they had the the senior pastor of my church who was white they had the hispanic pastor and they had a african-american pastor who was local come in they were diverse in skin color but they were unified in thought Mm. um and it was absolutely disgusting the things that they said um things like they 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 100 supported trump Hmm. and they didn't see any racial or racist tendency within trump and that they they encouraged people to vote for him because blah, blah 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 i think you can imagine the type of things that they said totally like it was seriously it was like the straw that broke the camel's back yeah and I just was like, fuck this place. Yeah. Fuck all these guys. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seriously, I can't handle this anymore. Yeah. Um, and I like told my wife, I'm like, I can't handle this place anymore. So I made it my mission just to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, and it was, How long of a period of time was it before you were actually? Well, it's really funny. At that point, 
that was um that was a uh, kind of a pivotal something changed within me and I'll, everybody could could tell yeah um i just no longer could give a rat's fuck right about anything and i'm sorry i'm saying fuck too much dude you're uh, totally. No, you should know better. I have a lot of you pent know up uh, angst that seems to work. Please, through. no, I think it's good. No, um, I just, I didn't, get, I didn't, I didn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, so I would. It came, a, came out in sarcasm, like making jokes to people, making jokes about Trump, making jokes about the election, making jokes, whatever being very vocal about me supporting Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. um, saying things to provoke people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Going this, to your Enneagram stress. And yeah, <laughs> it's just like being a, I was kind of being a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and on top of that, at the same time, somebody from the church or the human resources director, whatever, Googled me and they found my Twitter account. Mm. I've always kind of censored myself on Facebook, but I've never really censored myself on Twitter. Twitter was like my like outlet for like expressing myself, yeah, whatever. And there's nobody at the church on Twitter. My pastors weren't on Twitter. The staff wasn't on Twitter. Twitter was too, yeah, like future for them, <laughs> whatever. Um, so I was always vocal, and my Twitter account was public, and they. My pastor and the HR guy called me to Starbucks one afternoon, and they, I was like, this is not good. This is never good. <laughs> they took me to someplace public. Uh, they had printed out my entire Twitter feed. Like, it was probably like 25 pages. Whoa. And that was probably like four years, right? And they had highlighted everything that went against the church handbook. Whoa. Drinking, like things that supporting the, the, the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Just kind of progressive values that I have that yeah. mean a lot to me. Plus, yeah. there's a few of jokes about making fun of Matt Chandler. And <laughs> <laughs> I find it enjoyable to troll Jerry Falwell Jr. sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have a mission to get blocked by him. He hasn't blocked me yet. Um, That's so awesome. So just, just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. And so they basically gave me a gag order where they said, we, we will keep you around because we love you or whatever. And we love your family. Bullshit. Um, but you can't say anything. You can't bring up politics. Mm. You can't bring up your beliefs. You can't. You you have to remain silent about all that stuff, or else we're gonna fire you. But they can, you know, and everybody else. Right. As long as, as, long as and that was agenda. the whole thing was like, if you, you as long as you fit the the narrative, as long as you um, use the right script in that place, you were fine. But if you didn't, you were an outcast. You, mm. you weren't a part. Of, you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. just gross. Um, I think it was more evidence in that, like, um, evident in that church, but I think the same thing happens everywhere. Yeah. On a much more subtle basis. Yeah. Um, you know, even ch- larger churches like Saddleback and wherever, that kind of thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot more subversive, right? Yeah. Um, 
anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, I lasted three more months, and during that time, I was looking for other jobs, and I was miserable, and I was depressed, and I came in every day, and I didn't talk to anybody, and I sat there in staff meetings, and stared out the window. Yeah. Um, did everything that I was required, but nothing more. They saw that. They waited till my wife's teaching year got done, and then, then they they fired me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And then I was unemployed again for like two months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was all here in San Diego. Yeah. Wow. And then so maybe this would be a, a rewind, but um, I'm just kind of curious too. Throughout that timeline. Where did more of the, you know, progressive inclusive ideals come from? Because it sounds to me, unless like your church that you were originally in, did you grow up in church at all or no? Okay. So, I mean, maybe that's, you know, your, I don't know your family situation, but Mm -hmm. if you were involved from an earlier age, it seems to me that there's always been like a very, uh, censored, at least censored thing in churches. Mm -hmm. Um, I think whenever it goes more unhealth, it's more of like agenda driven Mm -hmm. uh, but at least censored you know Mm -hmm. where did some of that arise and you at what point in time did did that where did your value well i think it honestly had always been there right i mean my dad has two master's degrees my mom has a master's degree my brother has a phd i'm the least educated person in my family with with a bachelor's Mm -hmm. um i've always been taught to ask questions i've always been taught to think critically that's been ingrained in me from a very young kid, right? Um, so from the start, the church has, I've always had this weird relationship with the church. Mm-hmm. I've always asked questions that I really wasn't supposed to. I've always felt like I've been a half a step outside of the bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always looked different in whatever context I'm in, you yeah. know? Um, I've always said just enough to remain inside, but in the back of my head, I've always been like questions, you know? Um, and so I think the questions were always there. I I think there is a series of events that just, you know, books that I've read, um, reading is very dangerous. You don't want to read. Right. You don't want to listen to other people. Right. Um, Dude, yeah, I can tangent on that, but no, I, I'll digress. I think, like, <laughs> I, like, I remember probably the first book. It was my, uh, I was in college. I read Velvet Elvis. I think that sounds sound so cliche now. I read Velvet Elvis. My life went to shit. Right. Well, people say, and, you know, I moved to California and that's what happened. Oh, you know, <laughs> it's the long hair. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Long hair, California, and yeah. all of a sudden, liberal. You know, it's like I, I think Rob Bell provided vocabulary for a lot of things that I was thinking and questions that I had. Like he said, the stuff that was in my soul mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, and then it kind of progressed into reading other people and talking to other people, and then. Um, I think a pivotal moment happened when I was in school too. Was I worked at a uh, a camp that had a lot of uh, gay staff, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I it was it's pretty funny. Like uh, at that point, I was like, "It's not okay to be gay. Like you can't yeah. be gay. Like, yeah, that's uh, no, 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 no. It's sinful." 
And then uh, there was a couple people that I like became really, really good friends with. Um, and on the way to like Target or something, they mentioned, I don't know, like a past girlfriend that they had. Yeah. And I'm like, and this like feeling of like, oh shit, like washed over me. Cause I was like, oh, wait a minute, they're gay. <laughs> they're, and I, I just had this like, oh crap. Yeah. And like in the next six hours, I like changed my opinion. I was like, I, I love these people. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is bullshit. Like, why do I believe this thing that these other people right. have told me to believe? Yeah. I'm, ne- I'm never going back. I mean, that was when I was 19. Yeah. Um, so. And stuff like that, you've just kind of had to keep under wraps being oh, in yeah. the church world, of course. Um, and I just didn't have the balls to, like, to say, to speak up, you know? I and still I, struggle with that. Honestly, this podcast is still yeah. me struggling with really? that, oh, and I don't gosh. have any sort of... No one's going to fire you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, and yeah. I, I don't, but I do have, like, yeah. that weird thing of, like, you know, it's not even... I'm not like scared or fearful, but it is still like that. But you, but you have a lot of family, right? That's more yeah. conservative. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and and just like you, you know, when you have a foot in in the church world, you know, people only remember. And then when you move other towns, people only remember that part. Like you're never gonna change right. ever in your life. Yeah. And it's like the whole point of life is to continue to progress and adapt and grow and mold. Yeah. And, and it's like. But especially not to knock where where I've basically grown up. I mean, it's great, whatever. But it's like people don't change there. It is more of a complacent sort of town. Sorry to whoever's listening, but you everybody would admit that it is more of that. You know, I I don't know if it's geography. I I I do understand what you're talking about, but I don't think it's geography because I know plenty of people in the Midwest. Yeah, that in Podunkville, Indiana, that. Actually, a mutual friend of ours. I just, you know, like, I just, it's something else. It's some other X factor that I have not figured out. I don't think it's Rob Bell. I don't, it's, I I don't know what it is, but I feel like this sounds really pretentious and really elitist. And I almost want to kick my own ass for saying it. But there really is this sort of idea that our, like, are you are you woke to a new type of thinking? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's enlightenment. I mean, in, in it is, the, I don't like to use that term because I don't fully understand it. Yeah. But there, but I, but I get why you use that word. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, it, it's an openness and it's empathy mm-hmm. and it's and it's curiosity. Yeah. And it's courage. It's all those things wrapped up into one. And I think of what a lot of people. What what keeps people where they're at is fear, yeah. more than anything. Yeah, um, a fear of learning, a fear of meeting new people, a fear of having new experiences. Yeah, especially in the West, it's the belief uh, questioning that I think is so crucial. But so ingrained in our Western yeah. way of thinking, you know, uh, linking all the way back to Greco-Roman and all sorts of nerdy stuff. I mean, it's yeah. all about belief and thought is what. Not and that's antithesis of what Jesus totally. said. He's like, it's not about belief and thought; it's about action and, and deed. Who are you? Who are you right. being in the world? You know, which is what which is what belief is, right? Like belief Truly. is not like I believe A, B, C, D, and E. That's bullshit. Right. I can follow you around for the next week and take notes and watch how you treat your wife, how you treat your kids, where where you spend your money, how to talk to you, how you talk to your employees. Yeah. Um, 
that's what f- determines your belief, not yeah. what some doctrinal statement says or not what some tribe that you belong to or not what some church that you belong to. That has nothing to do with your beliefs. Which goes to a lot of churches even making statements. It's this buzzword of inclusive that now non-denominational churches are picking up on. And it's, you're right. It's not yeah. truly what you believe. Cause if you hang out there for a few weeks, you're going to know it's not what they said on the page on the, you know, on the yeah. sponsored Google AdWords, you know what I mean? <laughs> so oh, gosh, it's, it's not what it is. So, I mean, do you think like, I've kind of concluded that it's more tribal, right? That's, I mean, it's like, yeah. People, I mean, even with my wander thing, like I'm just creating a new tribe. Like I'm creating a tribe of misfits. You are creating a tribe of nomads, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we want, we all want to belong to a tribe because there's safety in a tribe. Yeah. Um, Which is what, why I feel like people join churches. Yeah. Which is why I feel like people compromise their values, um, whether they've known it or not to join these churches and to like write checks yeah. is because they want to feel safe in a, you know, in a body that will validate them. Will, yeah. you know, their, their kids are safe. They're having fun. So a group think setting. It's a group think setting. And yeah, yeah. how do you, um, do you, and I have a little bit of an idea of what you might say, but I'm not going to jump. Is there a opportunity to have a, collective setting that still values individualism and personal belief and and thought and action and those things like is there a way to do tribe in a way that still honors the person without having to have them cater and kneel down to that collective you know yeah i think it happens all the time it's just not as organized yeah i mean there's tribes everywhere Mm -hmm. there's a tribe here at taylor you know people there, a band is a tribe, yeah, right? Like totally. If you if you are a metalhead, yeah. If you really love Metallica and you yeah. find another person <laughs> that loves Metallica, that like that's your. Are you tribe. judging like, me right now? No, like those <laughs> are your people. You know what I'm saying? Like, Just, like those are your people. I yeah. think, and there's something. I don't think it has to have a church behind the name. Yeah. I don't think it needs a website and five value points and. Yeah. I think that's just. I think that's just us trying to corporatize things well we do that with everything we do it with god we we try to name things and we try i was guilty of it yeah i mean i was guilty of it you know and i don't even know that it's it's necessarily always bad even i think it can be held in and that's the part of non-duality that i i know you appreciate richard as well i mean if you're listening to this podcast and this far into it and you don't appreciate Richard Rohr, turn my ass off and listen to him. Richie Rohr. But, you know, that whole idea of of non-dual thinking and living in the place of paradox and mystery and it's like, like even like his thing, like Center for Action and Contemplation. That's an Mm -hmm. organized thing and there's certainly a tribe around that. I mean, he's almost emerging as like an own sort of you know, pillar, uh, you know, uh, yeah. which is good. Um, but like, there's still that sort of organization or institution that surrounds that, you know, I mean, he's Catholic at the end of the day mm-hmm. too, you know, he's a priest, but, um, so anyways, cause like what we're doing, cause with wander, I really dug what you guys were doing at least 
through Instagram. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. you know, you begin to put some of those values on there and stuff yeah. that, and that's why some of these progressive leaders here in town were reaching out to you. Yeah. And somehow we cross, somehow, somehow we, you know, cross paths. And that's because like, oh, okay. Like we're apparently having this sort of thing. And I think we're in a really early stage of a completely new awakening you know based on the digital internet age you know yeah totally and so i think we're all people and we're all Mm -hmm. human at the end of the day too you know Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure you know you were and i was struggling and dealing with personal stuff but i do think like there is a opportune time for people and things like wander um to give hope for a lot of people that are feeling in the misfit stage or whatever you know what i mean yeah so do you think there's still place for that for you in that? Or, or how do you – I'm curious because I invited you to something that I was going to be doing church-esque. And you're like, this is how it starts, you know? <laughs> and you're like <laughs> – No, I, I think there might be – I think for me at this point, no. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm enjoying being a quasi, uh, quasi-atheist for a while. Yeah. Um, and I'm not an atheist – you don't I, even have to define that, by the way. You know what I mean? I think from the the from the accepted definition of atheism without God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm in the not sure, don't care camp. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I might leave this camp in six months. I might leave this camp in mo- in a month. Um, right now I'm enjoying not thinking about it. Yeah. This is the most that I've ever talked about God or anything re- remotely connected to God in probably five months. Since the last time we had beers? Probably. <laughs> and it's been really enjoyable. Like yeah. right now I'm enjoying thinking about my job, thinking about my family. Yeah. Enjoying life here in California. Um, I haven't listened to Rob Bell. I haven't listened to Peter Rollins. I haven't listened to Richard Rohrer. I've just enjoyed yeah. <clears throat> taking a step back totally. from everything to get a completely objective view yeah. and, and to get some perspective on the whole thing. Because honestly, the past five years has been fucked up for me. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like take a step back from progressive, take a step back from fundamentalism, and just be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Where the hell am I at? Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I don't think they're... And so many people would be like, oh, well, we're nervous for you, whatever. I think people need to go down that path more often because, yeah, you know, and that's kind of in a path where I've been in. You know, I just I'm doing a little thing now. I did a video, just posted one yesterday about, you know, why you need to take a break from the Bible. And yeah. that's just, in my opinion, step one towards where you're going. And people will say, oh, see, Luke's trying to lead people into atheism. That's not what I'm <laughs> saying. But it's not, not the point. It's well, yeah, not the point. Yeah, yeah. We're not. Why do we always have to think somebody's leading somebody into X? Yes. Calm down. It's not well, black or white. It's no. It's not like a good path and a bad path. We're just having right. a human experience right. here. And we're just trying to, I think we need to stop thinking about what we believe so much and just be like, okay, like, let's think about like my family and enjoy it. I try to do that all the time. Yeah. Like, okay, regardless of what I'm doing or whatever, Somehow I'm figuring out how to live in one of the most expensive cities in the United States, a half mile from the beach. That's a full-time job right there. Yeah. Like Just somehow. to figure out how to live. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's yeah. happening, and I'm doing it. And it's like, you know, yeah. sometimes it's like 
I need to just live in that and it's fine and, and it's enough. And let myself, I think what you're doing, you're allowing yourself to be curious. And I think this is actually, and you may have thought about this or not, but it's because you're becoming more and more certain and secure that you're fine regardless. Right. And whenever you come to the conclusion that you're fine, regardless that latter part of that sentence or whatever the rest of the paragraph is. Yeah. Can flow. I think the lie of the church, and it's a subliminal lie, mm-hmm. that they tell you that you're not fine without the church. Yeah. That was the narrative that, especially with this last church that I was at, they were very open about it. Like, this is the best place for you and your family to be. Yeah. Um, there is this idea out there that if you're not in this church, you're out there cheating on your wife, you're out there doing drugs, you're out there having become whatever. You know what right. I'm saying? And it's bullshit. 100%. Churches feel like they have a monopoly on morality. Yes. And it's completely farce because some of the best people that I know right now have never stepped foot inside of churches. And on the flip side, some of the people that are doing some of the most gnarly shit ever exactly. are in. So, like, that's a big lie. So, like, yeah. right now I'm just kind of, like, enjoying being a part of something different, right? Yeah. Like, I'm – and it's crazy – Luke, the far and I and I tell my wife this all the time, the farther that I step away from the church, the happier I'm becoming. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I struggled with depression for a long time, right? Struggled with weight for a long time. Like, all that stuff ties back to the church. I, I like I know it to a T. Yeah. The 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 more time I'm spending away from that place. I have more energy, like I'm happier, I'm treating my daughter better, I'm treating my wife better. I'm not coming home exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, but that's counterintuitive from what a lot of pastors might say, right? Like you need to come to church to get healthy. For me, right. I need to step away from church to become healthy. Yeah. It, what do you do yes. with that? Like that, that goes against every, even some progressive pastors. Right would say that that's not true. Yeah. And I think it's totally true. And even coming from somebody that is creating, you know, community and stuff, you know, we have our first and third Sunday evenings thing that we do. And that I'm totally my unapologetically, I want this to form into a, a new venture and a new embracing of a way of church, you know, and dreaming about rethinking that. And even in that, like it's because the only way that I've, I'm embracing some of that is because of my openness and my open handedness to it. Like, yeah, the, the only reason I want to do this is because I like to have these conversations like this and I want to give place that is safe. And that when it says inclusive, it means inclusive. And if people want to have a divine experience, they can do that here without X, Y, Z or whatever. That's neither here nor there. My point is not to yeah. vision pitch that. My point is that we have to, release people to whatever it is if it's helpful yes yeah if it's not no that goes for anything and everything you know what i'm saying like there are people that live in the gym too much you know that need to probably take a step away from that yeah you could use it for anything is this beneficial helpful could i say edifying you know for you to step away from from all of that hundred percent and i think more people need that time away yeah i think and like, I, I think the like even the most progressive churches, 
um, have still resorted, and we've talked about this, yeah. have still resorted to a very old model mm-hmm. of designing church, yeah. right? They still design it like, like it's been, like it's, it's, you know, 1950. Yeah. Right? You have three songs, you have yeah. a progressive message where everybody's invited, you're, we're all inclusive, you know, but then you have two songs on clothes, you have a prayer, then you leave and you go to a crappy lunch with people yeah. that you may or may not like. You yeah, know, I think, yeah. I think what you're doing and what I try to do is to kind of like reinvent that. Yeah. Um, my idea was I want to burn down the church and make something new with the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me thinks that kind of objectively looking back, looking at it from a different perspective, um, I might get in trouble for this, but I think the best thing for the American church is for it to all burn down. Mm-hmm. Like every last stupid building with multi-million dollar worship facilities is for it to burn down. <laughs> all of it to burn yeah. the fuck down because it's the 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 corporatization and the mainstream church is killing it like it's just it's just destroying what i think jesus intended Mm -hmm. right which is like this organic sort of like meeting in homes like it's all about community and drinking wine with friends over a table like that's what that's what i felt like it was supposed to be and we've made it this like gross Mm-hmm. large institution that was formed out of Catholic church. I mean, it was just like, that, yeah, it's that's just, the it's just, OG it's model. It's just know? ballooned from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think what you're doing, what I was trying to do was to just to, to deconstruct all of that and to figure out a new format for people to come to gather, to discuss things that are important to them. Um, and not to worship in the traditional sense of like crappy worship songs by Chris Tomlin, but right. actually like worship through conversation, worship through learning, worship through friendship. Um, yeah. I don't even like that word worship. It's just weird to me right now. But anyway. I get it. My wife's like that too with it, but you know, totally. Yeah. Well, like I said, this will destroy you. Uh, lives in Carlsbad, so I'm trying to rope them in, and we can just have them play some post rock, and we can use that for worship. So. <laughs> you, could, you could, but even even using music, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I don't well, think that's. Yeah, I'm a musician, important. so it's true. It's, you're a musician. It's going to be different. From I get it. Being get a it. five, it, totally. Yeah. The conversation, I think, is it's you know, true. there's some sort of being a seven. There's this experimental, you know, sort of free-flowing element that like yeah. my soul needs you know so yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's like just the diversity that comes in you know right. all the different shapes so where i've been is just trying to figure out how does this whole thing you know come together and so i'm basically want to um i don't know come to a close i hate that word but like basically or term rather but like come back to this place of like figuring out for where we're at, I think there is certainly hope for people. You know, if you, there's these people that you come in contact with, like how we did and other people. And that's like, I did that video out in the desert and that's kind of yeah. my point. I, I referred to him as like a desert voice. It's like mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're, you're sitting somewhere, you're having a conversation or you meet somebody online or whatever. And it's like, Oh, like other people are experiencing this too. And it's all going to be unique to our own narratives, mm-hmm. but still like, we're not alone and all of a sudden it's like this camaraderie that's immediate almost that seems to happen Mm -hmm. and so 
figuring out what that looks like going forward, I think your story is like ringing down the hallways and other people that are listening right now, you know, especially and I think the thing that I'm staff. wrestling with right now is, is getting over the anger of, I would have never been in the desert if I would have never been in the church. Yeah. Um, a lot of people say, you know, I don't have any, you know, any, any regrets. I do. I mean, like I, there's some part of me and maybe this, this will change in a year or whatever, but I regret stepping into that church for the first time mm. because it completely changed my trajectory of where I thought I was going to go. Right. I mean, like, um, I wanted to go to journalism school to, you know, Missouri, Columbia, mm -hmm. um, the art Institute of Chicago was interested in me. I threw all that away cause I want to be a youth pastor yeah. and hang out with high schoolers all day, you yeah. know? Um, but all of that where you're at right now, if I could, not to cut you off, but to be as no, yeah, so yeah. bold to say, I, that's part. That's part of the healing is is acknowledging. Probably, that. Yeah, yeah. And so you know that's that's part of it. And I think that you're being honest about your experience and being honest about your regret and the things that that didn't happen and all of that. I mean, because you could trace anything. You know what I mean? Like anybody that gets yeah. in a wreck or whatever. Well, if I didn't have to go, you know leave if i wasn't late for work and then if this right. you know you can just you can do that totally Whittle it down to everything it is tough when it was like 16 years of your life yes you know yeah. that i just feel like what the fuck you yeah. know like where like where has it gotten me yeah because i'm at a place now like my current job had nothing to do with the church yeah nothing it was all of my own doing. It was all my own pursuits, my own side hustles away from the church. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all yeah. bringing together the narrative that is Patrick, you know? Sure. And, it's and, all experience. It, it, yeah. all, it all forms you. I totally, I totally agree. And it's, this yeah. is just part of your, yeah. your wrestle, you know? And it, right now, that's probably not even what you want to hear or any of that. But at the end of the day, dude, we're sitting at the Taylor freaking... It's true, photo yeah. you know facility in yeah. your gnarly office right now you know recording this yeah. thing and i think that you you will continue you know a healing process and there will always be a pc that's lost and that's just that's that's once again our human experience it's true and I, and I do realize that people have much worse stories and much worse things happen to them and i like you know like i feel like an asshole thinking well i didn't get to go to journalism school or do the things that I wanted to do because I went to a church and made a lot of money and was able to take care of my wife and family for yeah. 12 years. You and know what I'm saying? Like During those years, you yeah, liked yeah. a lot of that work, though. What's that? In, in those years, you liked that work I that did, you were yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, that can't be discredited either. That, like, in those, like, even whenever I was. I don't like hearing that, Luke. Can you I'm just let me bask in my misery and wallow in my self-pity for uh, the fact that I had to work for a church for 12 years? Hey, like I said, it's all part of the the No, healing, I, get you know? I get it. I get it. You know, uh, I, I thought I was righteous in, you know, uh, naming Paul's laundry list of sin whenever I preached on the weekend too. And I look back at those and I'm appalled at some of the things that I said from a stage, you know, but it's like, Hey, in that moment, that's what I truly believed. And I go through everything, even like tattoos that I have, dude, I'm like, Oh God, why did I do that? Cause I was, that's what an 18 year old gets, you know? <laughs> and yeah. It's like, that's, and it's just like, that's, that's all part of it. And so 
I I wanted it at that time. That's what I wanted. And um, at that time, you did enjoy that. And I think, if I could be so bold to say, even on a podcast, that that it is all part of your thing. And there's there's a there's fresh things I think that are coming in the future for you. And um, for some reason, I still like hanging out with you. If that means anything, so. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I'm just yeah. Um, wish you could say the same in return. No, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. You're all right. Even if you are a drummer. Yeah. Hey, I know. I know. Um, so yeah. That's good, man. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate all you do, and I appreciate your honesty online, like <laughs> Facebook. I envy um, some of the. I don't have my Facebook experience isn't awesome, yeah. and I'm fine with that. I'm definitely more of an Instagram person. Um, you know, whatever, but like, yeah. I read all of your stuff and I like it or love Here's it. Here's the thing. It's Here's good. my thing about Facebook, and I know that we're wrapping up, but I have the most reach on Facebook, right? I have 900 Facebook friends, friends, in quotes, but a lot of them are Christians. Um, a lot of them are Christians. A lot of them are progressive Christians. Um, a lot of them don't care. Um, some of my kindergarten, grade school, you know, my my kindergarten teacher, my parents. Yeah. And I have this crazy large group of people that see what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I wrote a blog that basically laid everything out of like this. These are my beliefs. Like this is this is where I'm at. Um, and I just wanted to use that as a platform of like I want to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. Like I like I want to cut the umbilical cord from whatever people think that I am or, you know, whatever to, like, this is who I want to be. Mm. And I'm kind of making a public sort of, like, like this is my thesis and I'm nailing to the wall. Yeah. Of, like... You made some gnarly declarations even recently, you know, and I think it's good. Yeah, and it pisses people off. I think most people just ignore it because they're used to it by now. Um, I think a lot of people unfollow me, but there are some people that I know that are conservative, that are Christians, that are fundamentalists, read that stuff because they send me messages and they, they comment. And it's like, even if it's like a little grain of different perspective that they're getting, yeah. even for a brief moment that like causes them to think about something else or something that they've always believed, I think is beneficial because yeah. we all live in vacuums and um, especially Christians. You know, totally. Um, back to the group think sort of thing, which is eerily exactly. similar to to some cult stuff. I'm really interested in reading about cults oh and stuff. Gosh, I mean, <laughs> that, this could be a whole another episode. It now, totally you know? could, especially <laughs> when you like smaller fundamentalist churches. Like yeah. the kind of parallels to the power dynamics, and when you when you see that and you're a part of that, and when you are when you step back away from that and you understand that yes they're not asking you to wear black nikes and drink red kool-aid but they are asking you to subscribe to a certain script and if you don't you are you are excluded from the group yep right and that that's that's kind of a a a cult dynamic of like absolutely you know i think one of the one of the this is funny sorry uh one of the red flags for me was the first week of this first this last church job that i had was the senior pastor was announcing us uh, my wife and my daughter to like the, the church service and he made this joke about how someday he was going to perform my daughter's wedding a ceremony wow 
And I just was like, the fuck you are? <laughs> like, let's just get through the next month and see how that goes. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? But it's just I'm like, not even on the health care yet. You know? you know? <laughs> but it's just like, it's just that idea of like, you are a part of us. We yeah. are a group. Like, we are a tribe. Like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. I am your leader. I yeah. like I will perform your daughter's wedding ceremony. You're someday. under my umbrella. You're under my control. Yeah. Like there's control issues there. Yeah. Um that I'm just like as a five, I'm just like right. no, 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 no. We're in no, the no. same triangle too. No, no. Yeah. Like the farther you try to control me, the more that I resist. Yep. I think that's why I never really Five sevens and ones all have that. In the aggressive types too. Three and eight, yeah. seven. But you know, totally, totally have that. And that's normal for you, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's I think it's good. And if it wasn't for that, I think churches would get down even more gnarly paths than they are, you know, if they didn't have some of that pushback, uh, in my opinion. But you never yeah. know. Sometimes the You could always use more. But they yeah. tend to like push those people like you yeah. and me out really quickly because they they're really good at identifying people that don't Yeah maintain that that narrative that script yeah so yeah there's no going back for me um you know i know there's not for you it's got to be a new way it's got to be a new totally. thing and and i i really feel like you know my dad wants me to move back to indiana and take over the church i can hear it all see, the time see i feel like that for you is is a whole podcast of like <laughs> like right yeah why are you afraid of posting things on facebook why are you afraid of like being a vocal ally yeah right it's like well even on my spiritual nomad right. podcast thing sometimes i'm like whatever you know and my mom doesn't really listen to podcasts or whatever but i recently had to uh <clears throat> i uh like took her off my followers so she wouldn't see any more <laughs> see that's a problem i, I man. know i know you shouldn't be doing that stuff because i like i like just getting along and everybody having a good time and i like the party yeah. and anything that ruins the party is like whatever so you're right there is still things that i'm even working yeah. into because you know i started this meetup group called life after evangelicalism and that's what i named the meetup group for yeah. our first and third sundays and it's like she's so ingrained into like somehow like you know i have that meme that says like jesus it was like the first uh, it was like communion is like a communion picture it's like jesus telling his disciples that if they're not evangelical protestants they won't enter the kingdom you know and it's yeah. like people have that mentality and it's like there's other staff members that follow spiritual nomad yeah, you know yeah. so it'll all get back around but it's like it is true like that's the only way i could kind of pin this thing down was like life after evangelicalism you know that what does it look like what does anything look like in a spiritual sphere when you've been inside of systems like that you know and so working through that together so that's what we're doing you know? yeah it's uh just as much terrifying as it is freeing yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah to like leave i mean like you're still i guess figuring that out but i mean like i was lucky that my parents are christians yeah <laughs> that's easier dude that's easier in fact my family was really just disappointed when i became a christian really yeah like really like like they thought of it was a phase yeah um yeah, my dad was really bummed that I didn't go to pursue journalism. And um, you know, you can still do some of that. Yeah, because the newspaper industry is a thriving industry. Right well, now. there's other, there's you know, just like the church, there's innovative new forms of those. You know. Yeah, no, I, I'm at a good place right now. I, I, I like where I'm at. Um, 
You know, you're yeah. really young. I know you're in your 30s. <sighs> yeah. But you're you're super young, dude. And I know like this podcast is like rambling, but yeah, I I think it's good. And people are I know they're tracking because people they see themselves. Let me know? just say this: if there if there's people out there, um, that working for a church that have a paycheck and that they listen to your podcast that kind of puts them in a certain camp yeah you're secretly reading rob bell books you're listening to richard war and you're working for a church that doesn't allow you to read those things to listen to the podcast like this to explore spirituality to explore um um theology as you are curious get the fuck out it's Mm. not worth it yeah it's not worth it get a job selling cell phones work at the apple store work two jobs at starbucks it's the most freeing thing to live honestly yeah and that's what i tell people is like i feel like that's why i'm a lot more happy now is because for the first time in a long time i can be honest Hmm. yeah honest about questions honest about doubts honest about beliefs, honest about values that never really quite aligned with the church. Um, and that might seem like a small thing, but once you have it, yeah. like I would rather have three friends that I, that I can be completely honest with than 500 friends that I'm like, have to kind of hide some yeah. values, some thoughts, some questions. That hide shit's the not books. worth it, man. Like when hide, friends come over. <laughs> dude, and I think people chase scared money, which is what Rob Bell said on one time Mm -hmm. when you work in the church you're like you know you know it's a it's a gambler saying i can't quit because i'm down Mm -hmm. right so i have to get so i have to gamble more money Mm -hmm. and so you have people in the church chasing chasing scared money Mm. they're afraid to quit because that's where they get their paycheck from totally they're afraid to quit because that's what their degree is in and that's what they're qualified to do it doesn't matter like you'll find another way to make money yeah you gotta just leave that place. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I was not equipped at all to do yeah. anything outside of church. I didn't go to college. I went to Bible school, yeah. but world doesn't give a shit about that. No. And then I didn't go to college. I don't have a trade. I don't have anything like that at all. And I was moving across the country to start a church, and people are like, "Well, you better start something quick so people can tithe." And I, you know, bullshit. Right. Like that's. But it's yeah. like. And I did do that. I had a friend yeah. move out to do worship because I literally, and I was selling motorcycles though. I was selling yeah. motorcycles and I quit that because I was like 10 hours a day sucks. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And my friend moved out and I literally, I, like I tell people, maybe this is an extreme way of putting it, but I was raping something. I was trying to get something from something without any intimacy, without any love, without any right to do it. I just wanted something from it as fast and as quick as I could, and it was absolutely damningly wrong. And I knew it in the deepest part of my soul, and that's why the plug was pulled on it. Because you can't, you know? And I had to go to a temp agent. Talk about being humble, you know what I mean? And it's like, finally I'm at a place where I am making an honest living doing insurance and stuff or whatever, and it's like... I don't love it, you know, but it's a chill job, whatever. And I don't want to do it forever. But the point is, is that like, it does give me like what you're saying. It gives you freedom that I can make this podcast and do what I want to do. If I want to start a new idea and branding, if you want to call it of church in a way that isn't what I have, you know, been exposed to, like I don't have to use that 
to get anything from it. It can be what it's going to be, and then let the chips fall where they may as, you know, things are built, you know? So that's what I think uh, we're in right now, and um, I'm trying to take a tip from you and being more vulnerable with that stuff, you know? So it's helpful for people. I wouldn't be doing this podcast again if it wasn't helpful for people because people have reached out to me and said, I love this. This has been good. People I don't even know in Middle America. I think America, the problem is, you know? is that, and I was part of this camp too, a lot of people who listen to Rob Pell are in this camp. And, and I, like, this is my soapbox. This is what I'm passionate about, is that people need to be more brave and they need to be, have more courage about the things that are happening in their soul and in their head mm-hmm. and actually like live it and talk about it and, and express it, even though... It might affect your Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And it might affect your employment. Yeah. Get out as quickly as possible. Change your situation. Because yep. you don't want to like... Time will go by so fucking fast. Yeah. Because you're like, I just spent seven years working in a church, collecting a paycheck because I was afraid. I was afraid to be honest. I was afraid to get out. I didn't have the confidence to do anything else. I didn't want to go to Starbucks and work mm-hmm. to like feed my kid or whatever like and that's that's super tragic yeah and i think that um that that's not living up to our you know potential yeah you know do what you want to do sooner or later D- yeah because it's just gonna have be some balls harder you know what i mean you have to rip the bandit off totally and it sucks and it will suck it, yep. it will be suck so bad but the more you, the longer you yeah. wait the harder that thing is to pull off right and, but once you come through it you're like it's so much better. Yep. Or maybe it won't be, but you have to take that risk. Yeah. You know, like you might, I mean, like people will fear, like I'm going to be destitute and living off welfare and living in my parents' basement. Yep. That's but at least you it. don't have to live in a lie. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like at least you can read what you want to read and, but you won't be, you know, like if you, like if you, you know, you know, especially if you have a family, you're not going to like, unless you're stupid and lazy. Yeah. You're going to do what you have to do. Yeah. And it always works out. And that's like what you're experiencing. You're yeah. experiencing a little bit of the, you know, the complete backside of that. You know, I think you are yeah. beginning to heal from some of the anger and some of that as you're seeing your life take yeah. shape. It was hard as here. fuck. I just spent a yeah. year and a half working in a web agency as a crappy graphic designer in a company that I hated, doing things that I hated. Is terrible it was awful i hated every day that i went into work but i did it you know what i'm yeah. saying like it was just for a, y- a year and a half it was done <laughs> dude you know people have longer yeah. prison sentences it's like yeah, yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying like it's not that bad yeah you know you just yeah. gotta do it yeah i worked at a benefits call center in uh, sorrento valley for <sighs> six months <laughs> dude oh, it's so, so hard i went to a, this uh staffing agency and the manager ended up coming in and, you know, cause I can talk to people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Interviews. I love interviews. I can give you yeah. talking and it's all good. And she comes in and she goes, you do know this is like a cubicle job, right? Like, you know, this is like, she was like going over like the monotonous thing. Cause she's like, you don't strike me as somebody who wants to do that. And I'm like, I didn't want to tell her like, I don't, but I gotta pay my rent. You know what I mean. I love call centers. <laughs> I, I would just love to sit in a cubicle and yeah. sell your bullshit, <laughs> whatever you're selling. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy, man. But, well, uh, Patrick, thanks so much uh, for being yeah. honest and having this conversation. 
being raw, keeping it underground hardcore. That's how I like it. And, um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's good. And we're unpacking what this is along the way. And, uh, I appreciate you and thanks yeah, for man. being on. Thanks for doing what you do and, uh, keep being honest and maybe someday you'll have the balls to tell your dad, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I might just post it on Facebook for you. Every single podcast, <laughs> I'm just going to go on your Facebook wall and post it like, dude, this was such a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, we will. We have some conversations, so we know pretty well. Yep. He called me last year, and he was like, "Hey, I heard uh, da 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 da," you know. And then we started talking about substitutional atonement, and I called it a theory, and that didn't settle well. But uh, anyways, uh, if you're not following us on Instagram, follow us at Spiritual Nomad Podcast. If you've listened to this far in the episode, uh, then oh gosh, <laughs> blessings on you upon blessings and comment and let us know uh, what you're thinking about this. Subscribe, all that fun iTunes stuff that you people know how to do. So thank you, Patrick. Thank you, listeners. And uh, tune in next time.